Welcome to Close the Door and Come Here, a Game of Thrones and a Song of Ice and Fire podcast with heavy leanings towards our two favorite characters, Jamie and Brienne. Well, there was a fair there, all black and brown and covered in hair. Hi, I'm Lot, Lady of Tarth, hyphen posts on Tumblr, joined with Guile. Hi, I'm Guile, Guile and Subterfuge on Tumblr. Chicky. Hey, I am Chicky, Chickrun on Tumblr. Clotho. Clotho. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Hi, I'm Clotho, Clotho Spindle on Tumblr. And joined with first-time guest, Ellie. Hi, I'm Ellie. You can find me at attention deficit dash aptitude on Tumblr. Good luck finding her, everybody. <laughs> I know. <laughs> We love those hyphenated usernames. Something <laughs> with that. Yeah. <laughs> so we are continuing our coverage of the Duncan Egg novellas um, with part three, well, the final part of Sworn Sword. Um, so spoilers for all things Duncan Egg, perhaps the Song of Ice and Fire stories in general, and maybe Game of Thrones, unlikely, but got to throw it in there. And usually I do like a little recap of where we left off, but I totally forgot. So um, I think in summary, uh, Dunk goes to treat with uh, Lady Rohan Weber, um, gets smacked around a bit and then becomes smitten. So and now it's Benis's nose or war. Mm-hmm. That's good. That's pretty much it, right? Yep. Okay. <laughs> oh, in a nutshell. <laughs> so, uh, when the walls of Cold Moat are behind them, Dunk asks what the paper said that Rohan produced. Dunk feels played for a fool. Eustace led him to believe he had the right to the Chucky water when the paper said otherwise. The grant was only for a short period of time. If Sir Eustace dies, without a male heir, stand fast reserved to the crown and Lord Weber's privileges end. So they're both kind of in a shitty position. So on their way back, Dunk takes one last look at the dam. It's guarded by Weber's men, armed with crossbows. The divergence um, forces them to travel through Watts Woods in the dark. Egg uh, mentions that the comment Septon Sefton said about his father sulking at Summer Hall. Dunk tells Egg his father has been at Summer Hall for, you know, over a year and a half. So basically he's like, yeah, that sounds like sulking to me. <laughs> so Egg defends his dad and calls Bloodraven a baseborn, a bastard. And Dunk corrects and says that, you know, he's been washed clean of his bastard, uh, bastardry. <laughs> Same bastardy? as all. Bastardy? <laughs> That's better. <laughs> Same as all of Aegon's illegitimate children. Uh, I guess he legitimized them all on his deathbed. Now, that seems like a really stupid move for a monarch to do, don't you think? Well, yeah, it literally caused a civil war because he's yeah. an idiot. He was an idiot. Yeah. They, that's why he's called Egg on the Unworthy because he was such an asshole. He, he was well, a dick while he was alive, too. But then on his deathbed, he just really set a mass in motion. Well, then there's that great like, line about how instead... I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, I love the parallel with um, Henry VIII and just like, not only the whole like constant mistresses and like, you know, wives thing, but to also just like making terrible choices and everyone after the fact being like, God, that guy sucked, didn't he? <laughs> like, <laughs> worst king ever. <laughs> Horn dog and dumb. 
not, <laughs> not great leadership material. So um, Egg is certain that Bloodraven will prove himself a traitor too, just like Damon, Blackfire, and Bittersteel, like all bastards, great or small. And then I just sucked out a little bit because I really love this kind of lesson that Dunk gives Egg. Born to betrayal, Dunk thought, born of lust and weakness, never to be trusted, great or small. Egg, he said, didn't you ever think that I might be a bastard? You, sir, that took the boy aback. You are not. I might be. I never knew my mother or what became of her. Maybe I was born too big and killed her. Most like she was some whore or tavern girl. You don't find highborn ladies down in Flea Bottom. And if she ever wed my father, well, what became of him then? Dunk did not like to be reminded of his life before Sir Arlen found him. There was a pot shop in King's Landing where I used to sell them rats and cats and pigeons for the brown. The cook always claimed my father was some thief or cut purse. Most like I saw him hanged, he used to tell me. But maybe that just sent him, maybe they just sent him to the wall. When I was squaring for Sir Arlen, I would ask him if we couldn't go up that way someday to take service at Winterfell or some other northern castle. I had this notion that I could, if I could only reach the wall, might be I'd come to see some old man, a, a really tall man who'd look like me. We never went though. Sir Arlen said there were no hedges in the north and all the woods were full of wolves. He shook his head. The long and short of it is, most like you're squaring for a bastard. Schooled. <laughs> <laughs> so Duncan mic drop. <laughs> There's some really funny things about this. Like it's not just the the whole thing about you know Dunk's own background, where clearly he doesn't actually know what his background is, and you know making Egg consider that you know bastards aren't that bad. But you kind of get a little hint of what the Targaryen family gossip chain is like when you're hearing him like. Clearly, you know, Egg didn't come up with these ideas about Bloodraven on his own. He's heard his father probably talking about mm-hmm. this, probably his brothers. Mm-hmm. And it's just really interesting to get kind of a peek behind the scenes at the dynamic. Yeah. Which is funny when you, you know, what happens eventually between Egg and Bloodraven. Yeah. Yeah, it is. So the conversation kind of silenced Egg's. Egg for a bit, gives him food for thought, and the remainder of the trip he to stand fast. He's pretty quiet. And when they arrive, Benis is sharpening his uh, sword, and uh, Sir Eustace is awake in his chambers. Dunk finds him with his relics. At the sight of Dunk's swollen lip, Eustace aghast that Weber would hit him. Dunk informs Eustace she will not take his silver. She wants Benis. She refuses to remove the dam. Dunk also sheepishly mentions the parchment. Eustace admits to siding with Damon Blackfire. He wonders what's happened to all the men who fought alongside with. Dunk thinks that half the realm was for the red and the other half for the black. So Eustace commiserates over the what-ifs of the rebellion and how things could have went the other way, and those for the red would have been remembered as supporters of the usurper. Dunk tells him, that was years ago, and you were pardoned. Eustace's voice is, ve- is bitter. He kept his head but lost his daughter. Um, she was taken hostage to King's Landing at the age of seven, and dead at 20 is a silent sister. So just pour on more of the misery. Uh, poor dude. Right? <laughs> I mean, it's like Eustace is an idiot. Like, you know, like it's not like you love him or anything, but you still just feel sorry for him. He's kind of pitiable. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's hard not to feel sorry for him, even though it's like blatant that he obviously like made the wrong decision. You do still feel for this idea that like he saw Damon as the better man and was like, 
I'm going to do this. I'm going to throw in with Damon and to have just like all pile misery on misery on misery, like worst decision in his life. Mm-hmm. And he's well, I mean, I think it's telling, you know, what kind of gets to me is this, you know, the way he kind of explains that he had to make a decision. And it right. was a cha- there was a chance either, you know, there's a 50-50 chance he was going to decide wrong, but he didn't really have the option yeah. of not making mm-hmm. a decision. And, you know, it kind of oh, makes yeah. me respect mean, someone like Littlefinger in the, you know, the current book who, frankly, has done a great job of not making a decision <laughs> not and with not <laughs> committing. Well, and, you know, Lisa, Lisa before him, yeah. they committed to no one and, you know, they're sitting relatively pretty for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Playing both sides against the other. Or not even playing anything, just yeah. literally, like, opting out of the process. Staying out of the way. Yeah. 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 Well, and like when I'm looking at Eustace, like I kind of think of like, say, Brienne with Renly. I mean, it's a very similar decision to make in a way. Um, you know, it, it's backing the person you think is better for the job or that you think, you know, maybe has more of a right for some reason. Um, and it kind of makes sense. It actually has a lot of roots in, in medieval government. I mean, you know, yeah, a lot of it was, you know, pretty, you know, pretty hereditary but you know there there was some of this leeway where you know if people didn't think someone was going to be a big king they a yeah. good king they they disappear or something you yeah, know and so a, and it's a gamble either way like if damon had won he would have got cold moat back and he would have been you know promoted for his you know quote-unquote loyalty to the rightful heir but then you know of course they lose and so everything just goes to shit for him and that it's a gamble no matter who you choose and it is again like you said very very uh it makes you kind of admire the people who manage to like sit on a fence forever (laughs) (laughs) who would have thought we'd have admiration for those people (laughs) right (laughs) i don't know i mean it comes back to you know my well-known admiration for Edmure Tully, in that there's yeah. something to be said for a lord that doesn't get all of his small folk killed. Yeah. There's a lot to be said for a lord who doesn't get all his small folk killed. I mean, yeah. Although Eustace clearly did get all his small folk, right? Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, but again, you know, he he had to commit. Side, yeah. But I, I like about this, you know, too. it's kind of like you can't really blame him. It's the, you know, it's the freaking Targ's fault. Oh, it really is. Yeah. What I like about Sorry. this, too, is it I feel it uh, feels like with Eustace, who's rehashing all this history and he comes up with all these variable what ifs, you know, if this hadn't happened, if this hadn't happened, he's had a, it just illustrates again, like how much time he just sits and thinks about how he's fucked up. <laughs> like Although, a fan fiction writer. Not even, <laughs> not even. Fix it, Vic. Right, not even fucked up, because I don't think he takes responsibility for kind of what he's done. Everything's been done to him, which makes him kind of pathetic, too. Yeah. Mm. Although I do like the idea that he's, like, in his tower thinking, like, if only Damon had been born a girl, then he could have married. Just yes. gender swapping uh, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> yep. It just literally sounds like, I mean, he has so little to do, and it sounds like that's just what he does. He just sits around and ponders this. Can you imagine? You see this, though, with people who have like a, a moment in their lives where it, it's yeah. very clear things went wrong. They, you know, this is not unusual. It, it's yeah. a thing that happens with people. They just kind of, you know, dwell on that moment where it all took a turn. Yeah. <laughs> this yeah. is going to be Rylock in 30 years. 
years. <laughs> if only I hadn't lied to my mother. <laughs> I were a total idiot. This is very topical of you, Guile. <laughs> yeah, this, this reference won't make any sense to anyone listening to this like no. from now. <laughs> so Egg, who has been quiet, asks Sir Eustace if he rebelled to get the castle um, like the lady, uh, like the Red Widow says, and Sir Eustace thinks a long time before answering. He had to choose between two princes, Darren, who is um, spindly, round of shoulder, and had a belly that wobbled when he walked. He was surrounded himself with maesters, septons, singers, and dornishmen. Damon, on the other hand, was all man. He could fight on all the great knights of the realm gathered to him. He even had the great sword Blackfire given to him. Proof the old king thought he was the better. And it was the sword that was given to every Tar King since the conquest. And I got a little bit selected. My father says that was because Damon was a swordsman and Darren never was, said Egg. Why give a horse to a man who cannot ride? The sword was not the kingdom, he says. The old knight's hand jerked so hard that wine spilled from his silver cup. Your father is a fool. He is not, the boy said. Osgrey's face twisted in anger. You asked the question, I answered it. But I will not suffer insolence. Sir Duncan, you should beat this boy more often. His courtesy leaves much to be desired. If I must needs do it, myself I will. No, Dunk broke in. You won't, sir. He had made up his mind. It is dark. We will leave at first light. Sir Eustace stared at him, stricken. Leave? Stand fast. Your service. You lied to us. Call it what you will. There was no honor in it. He unfastened his cloak, rolled it up, and put it in the old man's lap. Osgrey's eyes grew narrow. Did that woman offer to take you into service? Are you leaving me for that whore's bed? I don't know what I don't know that she is a whore, said Dunk, or a witch, or a poisoner, or none of that. But whatever she may be makes no matter. We're leaving for the hedges, not for cold moat. The ditches, you mean. You're leaving me to prowl in the woods like wolves, to waylay honest men upon the roads. His hand was shaking. The cup fell from his finger, spilling wine as it rolled along the floor. Go then, go, I want none of you. I should never have taken you. Go. As you say, sir, Dunk beckoned and Egg followed. I love, oh. I love when Dunk, um, like just stepped in for Egg. Like as soon as someone else threatened him with the clout, uh, <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> he's like, no, he's my squire. I get to threaten him with violence, not you. <laughs> uh, it, uh, yeah, this is, I, uh, Dunk, I mean, I realize I say this on every one of these episodes, but he's so much like Brienne. <laughs> He's just so incredibly honest. There's no artifice there. He's just giving it, you know, he just says what he feels. And yeah. And I mean, I can understand Sir Eustace not telling him, you know, what happened in the war. And I think Dunk probably could understand that, too. I think it's the Mm -hmm. fact that he's like willing to fight some bullshit battle and, you know, not even a battle, but willing to get like those guys killed. For his own lies. Like, if he just wanted to lie because he was ashamed or he was disappointed, I think that's one thing. But if he's going to, like, perpetuate the lie to the point that all these guys are going to die, you know, that's bullshit. Mm -hmm. Well, that's it. I think if he'd been honest with Duncan said, hey, you know, they took away my water rights, you know, after the rebellion. But, you know, this isn't fair. My people are going to die if I don't get this water. Right. I mean, it's not that the cause is wrong. I mean, like, I've tried to make it clear. I think Rohan is, is being an absolute asshole about this. But, um, you know, for him not to at least be upfront with Dunk, because Dunk's the kind of person who would see the moral right, 
you know, it's not like Dunk would have walked away from him if he just told the truth. It's right. just irritating. Right. Well, and there's also the possibility that if he had sent Dunk or whoever to treat with her from the position of like, hey, this is your water, but please, my small fork are going to die. Like from a position of not like, hey, you're stealing our water, lady. She might have gone for it <laughs> instead of like insulting her right out of the gate with a lie. There's no yeah. guarantee that she would have been like this dickish right out of the gate. You know what I mean? And, and not to mention Bennis and his shenanigans. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, it's so much of that, you know, just lordly arrogance where like my pride is worth more than the lives of my small folk. And it's just like, oh, God. Hmm. So they spend one more night beneath Sir Eustace's roof, this time in the cellar with the other peasants. Dunk can't sleep with the bug bites, fleas, and his troubled thoughts. He wonders if it's time to take Egg back to Summerhall. His thoughts turn to Rohan Weber. He thinks he should be thinking of Tansale too tall. That night, he dreams of Rohan, naked and shooting arrows at Dunk. His body full of arrows, he keeps running towards her. Grabbing her by the braid, he kisses her. When he awakes, there is confusion. Egg lights a candle, and they head for the stairs. In the west, the sky is bright. Watts Woods is on fire. Dunk suggests Bennis run or give himself up to the Red Widow. Bennis refuses. He thinks fighting fire with fire is the way to go. <laughs> Light her crops or her mill and kill the miller too, you know, for good measure. Bennis. <laughs> Bennis, master strat- uh, strategy. Right uh-huh. there. So what's, I mean, <laughs> Bennis, dude. like, what's his, what is his outcome here? What does he think is going to happen that's not going to result <laughs> right? in him getting fucked over at this point? Like, Dude, you know, you're not winning this battle and no one's going to die for you. Well, and it's like he has no position of power. Like, what the fuck does he think? Yeah, why is this the guy who refuses to bathe because it's too much trouble? So he's not obviously not the sharpest tool in the shed. Okay, good point. (laughs) Really good point. (laughs) Hey, I do that too. Oh gosh! <laughs> also, uh, shout out to my favorite chip, which is Duncan Tanzel, which got me <laughs> so egg talks like, oh, what's so, that? Can we talk about Dunk's dream a little bit? Yeah, yeah. Which, if you have the oh. illustr, if you have um, oh, the yeah. books, the illustrations there are pretty, are pretty graphic. Yeah, yeah, yeah I like it. Yes, I love, how, like, I love how fixated he is on her braid. Like every moment she appears in his, in reality or in his mind, he's like that braid. That's that <laughs> I just hair. Want to tug it. <laughs> that powerful, powerful, gorgeous hair. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like every time someone has a dream, though, in this series, I'm like, well, is that Blood Raven? Is I mean, all- that's legit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So is this is, all so that at like some point they'll have a descendant who can get together with her other descendants and do something? Like, <laughs> Oh, maybe. <laughs> but it's also like embarrassing for Dunk if Blood Raven's like dropping in on his yeah. own, like weird his Freudian sex dreams. <laughs> <Boyer. Yeah, Boyer. laughs> not Blood cool, Raven. Blood Raven. Not Boyer. cool. <laughs> Blood Raven's probably seen some shit in all the dreams that he's been dropping into. Let's be real. <laughs> it's like a war channel. In general, I would have imagined Targaryen dreams are pretty messed up. Oh, oh god, oh. that made me physically ill. You got to know there's like like inappropriate behavior with dragons. Oh, <laughs> oh I think yeah. everyone's skin is crawling now. Oh. <laughs> Why'd you take us there? <laughs> I take you. a bath, but it's too much trouble. <laughs> <laughs> So 
Egg tells Dunk he has to stop them with the, um, with the, uh, oh shoot. Okay, so with the dawn, Dunk and Egg have a few boiled eggs for breakfast and decide to check out Fair Castle. This fight is not theirs anymore. Dunk thinks Egg, tells Egg to keep clear of Eustace that morning. Outside Bennis is continuous training of the farmers. Dunk asks how he means to fight the Red Widow. His plan is to hole up in the tower. Dunk points out, you know, uh, the plan will only work until they start shooting up arrows at them. Dunk tells Bennis to let the men go. Bennis refuses and threatens to cut down any man who runs. Dunk tells him, try and I'll gut you. Dunk yells at them to go. No one moves. He yells, go again. So forcefully, all the men flee. Sir Eustace shouts at them from the top of the tower. He scrambles down and tells Dunk he had no right and wonders what that woman offered to betray him, to send his lads away and leave him alone. Dunk tells him he is not alone. He owes him a service yet. He wants his armor and one more thing. So, Bennis is to stay behind with the tower, a task that he took, you know, with little convincing. Dunk, Egg, and Sir Eustace ride out through what remains of the Wattswood towards Coldmo. Eustace asks Dunk if he remembers the story of Lancel Lannister and the Little Lion. He says, without a king, there was no war. Do you understand what I'm saying? Dunk wonders if he could kill a woman. Of course not. Don't be silly. Mm -hmm. (laughs) They reach the water's edge, and within an hour, Weber and her host of men ride up to meet them. From across the water, she calls out, We saw your fire burning in the night. Sir Eustace responds, It was your fire, woman. My wood is gone. Gone, I say. Septon Sefton, the voice of reason, yells out, The drought has turned all the woods in King's Landing into King, I'm sorry, all the woods into kindling. Rohan points out that it would be stupid of her to set the fire. If the wind had changed, it would have taken her crops. Eustace will hear none of it. He accuses her of witchcraft. She used the same dark arts that killed all her brothers and husbands. Dunk notices um, a hard look overtake her face, similar to, similar to the one that she had when just before she smacked him. She calls out to Longinch. He gestures for the archers. Archers. Dunk reminds her if she crosses the stream, she will be breaking the king's peace. He also adds, "I will stop you." Longinch laughs, and he says, "Say the word, and we will put a dozen quarrels in him." Not yet. Rohan puts out points out that there are 33 of them and only three. There's 33 of her men and only three of them. And she wants to know how he will stop them. Dunk says, I'll tell you, but only you. She rides out to the stream. Eustace halts Dunk before he goes. Remember the little lion. Like, even this bit makes Eustace so unlikable. Yeah, this he kind of crosses the line here. Yeah. Because really, the only gripe he has against her... Is that she picked the right? Is that her dad picked the right side? Mm-hmm. So they meet in the water. Lady Rohan touches Dunk's swollen lip and apologizes. Apologizes. She confesses to Dunk she scarcely remembers Adam, but she remembers that she loved him and no other. Dunk tells her the king um, pardoned Eustace for Damon. It's time she forgave him for Adam. She wants Benis. She gets his nose, and that will be the end of it. Dunk doesn't think so. There is the fire and the dam yet. She maintains that she did not start the fire. She looks 
She asks him what there is to prevent him from them from crossing the stream, and then Dunk answers, me. He produces Egg's ring. She tells him he took a great risk sharing her, showing her the ring. She could still command her men to cross. Dunk says he would have to fight. If he dies, Egg goes back to his family and tells everybody of what happened. Rohan adds, not if he dies as well. Ooh. <laughs> and then Dunk tells her, Men talk, especially that fat septum of yours. <laughs> uh, he would totally talk. Younger. <laughs> yeah, she agrees because she pretty much changes the course of conversation. She demands Bennis yet again, and he says no. And uh, she calls him, you are seven feet of stubborn. And he says, less an inch. And then I have a bit of a selection. But is there anything you guys want to talk about before I go into that? All I could Go think of it. is, the, I kept thinking of um, that horrible We Didn't Start the Fire song. <laughs> <laughs> so well, I was actually thinking of how much she is like Tywin and how she immediately looks at Aegon and is like, well, I could kill him too. <laughs> it's like, yeah, no, I mean, she brings no, the ruthlessness into the Lannisters, yeah. that's for sure. Yeah. I'd like to think the Lannisters were just like this like normal, kind of happy, happy family. And then they go, she, marries, <laughs> she marries in and it's like ruthless bitches from yeah. then on. Then came that fiery, fiery Weber DNA. <laughs> it's not like yeah. how kind of likes writing letters. Maybe he's like into poetry and, you know, they're all smiling. <laughs> <laughs> then he gets this firebrand and all hell breaks loose in Casterly Rock. Like, yeah, literally. <laughs> well, I mean, it's like from like a like a kind of like a blurred lens. I mean, there there is an element of to Rohan where it's like she is kind of a lovable jackass, just like Jamie. Like, you know, like she really oh, does yeah. some asshole shit. But at the same time, you kind of have to like her. <laughs> yep. Oh, yeah. I mean, wow. Like you just saying that makes me think, oh, yeah, Jamie, I always forget he did push a kid out of a window. So <laughs> <laughs> and threatened a trebuchet a baby <laughs> and was going to, you know, cut Arya's hand off. But, you know, when you he's not doing or thinking of doing that kind of shit, you know, he's lovable. <laughs> And same with Lady Rohan, you know, when she's not throwing people into sacks and drowning yes. them, she's a great yes. lady. Yeah. Yeah. Eustace goes on about that damn sack. <laughs> great gal to have a beer with, as long as you don't say anything mean about her. Yeah. Yeah. Don't talk smack about her lovers or, you know, near lovers, and she's just fine. <laughs> that also <clears throat> reminds me of someone. Oh. <laughs> Now we're going to have to do parallels of uh, Jamie and uh, Rohan. <laughs> his great granny. <laughs> so she gave him the ring. I cannot return to Coldmo empty-handed. They will say the Red Widow has lost her bite and she is too weak to do justice. That she cannot protect her small folk. You do not understand, sir. I might better than you know. I remember some little lord in the Stormlands took Sir Arlen into service to help him fight some other little lord. And I asked the old man what they were fighting over. He said, nothing, lad. It's just some pissing contest. Lady Rohan gave him a shocked look, but could sustain it no more than half a heartbeat before it turned into a grin. I have heard a thousand empty courtesies in my time, but you are the first knight who ever said pissing in my presence. Her freckled face went somber. Those pissing contests are how lords judge one another's strength, and woe to any man who shows his weakness. A woman 
must needs piss twice as hard if she hopes to rule. And if that woman should happen to be small, Lord Stackhouse covets my horseshoe hills, Sir Clifford Conklin has an old claim to Leafy Lake, and those dismal Durmwells live to steal and cattle. And beneath mine own roof I have long inch. Every day I wake wondering if this might be the day he marries me by force. Her hand curled tight around her braid, as hard as if it were a rope, and she was dangling over a precipice. He wants to, I know. He holds back for fear of my wrath, just like Conklin and his stack house and the Durwells tread carefully where the Red Widow is concerned. If any of them thought for a moment that I had turned weak and soft, Dunk put the ring back on his finger and drew his dagger. The widow's eyes went wide at the sight of naked steel. What are you doing, she said. Have you lost your wits? There are a dozen crossbows trained on you. You want it blood for blood? He laid the dagger against his cheek. They told you wrong. It wasn't Bennis cut the digger, it was me. He pressed the edge of the steel into his face, slashed downward. Then he shook the blood off the blade, some splattered on her face. More freckles, he thought. There, the red widow has her due. A cheek for a cheek. You are quite mad. The smoke had filled her eyes with tears. If you were better born, I'd marry you. <laughs> this is oh, what gets yeah. her going. <laughs> That's right? Tywin right there. <laughs> well, I mean, you have to admit there's an element of this fighting thing clearly turns her on, mm-hmm. which, you know. I mean, so, there's a yeah, lot well, of that turns her on. <laughs> She's all about like, oh, he's huge. Mm-hmm. He can cut his face open without even blinking. <laughs> so basically, she, like, she likes big blondes with uh, wrecked cheeks. Hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, hey. <laughs> I had the same. I see thought. what you did there. <laughs> Who knew Dunk was going to do this, blonde. though? This was surprising, <laughs> like reading this. Um, like, well, I knew it was happening because I read this before, but, you know, it's, uh, I like how they, they didn't, he didn't reveal that this is what Dunk was going to set out to do. It was quite clever. I don't really understand what the point of him, well, it's just a, for her to save face, but I mean, no one would have believed it. You'll, yeah, you don't yeah, think her men would have? Well, yeah, I guess her. The, yeah, she did have witnesses, right? Maybe this wasn't such a good idea, Dunk. <laughs> yeah, Dunk, you lunk. <laughs> I, I actually don't think it necessarily matters. I think it's just like a blood for blood kind of thing, and he's willing to step in for Bennis and be like, "Look, you needed blood. Here it is," hmm. and it's the kind of thing that. Most people will probably accept. They'll still be like, you know, Venice needs to die, but they'll be like, all right, maybe we don't need to burn down your chicken tower t- mm. today. <laughs> I had so much sympathy for her, too, when she was talking about Long Inch and having to think about him every day coming after her, taking oh, her by force. Yeah. Like, in under her own roof, you know. I mean, yeah, if she was this poisoning, you know, this expert poisoner, why is he still alive? Right. Good point. And I was going to bring this up later, but um, I might as well do it now. I was wondering if, like, is it really her reputation that has kept her unmarried so long? Or has it been long inch this entire time? Oh, like, that would be interesting. Is it really how fearsome and dangerous she is that's really keeping men away? Or is it long inch doing what he did to Dunk and, like, heading them off at the door and being like, excuse you? Who are you? You don't get to see Lady Rohan. <laughs> like, yeah. Or a mix of, you know, a mix of the two. Yeah. yeah. Could be. So we have um, 
Rohan glancing back to her men, and um, Lady Weber tells Dunk it would be best if Eustace withdrew his accusation that she burned the woods. Dunk thinks that that will be unlikely. She must demand an apology or a trial. In the stream, Septon Sefton asks Eustace to withdraw his accusation, and he refuses. He asks Rohan to confess before the gods if she had burned the woods. She declares that her champion will prove her innocence. Longinch tells her that this is tells her when this is done, she will marry him as her father wished. Dunk gives Egg back his ring and tells him to go to his father's nearest friend should he die. Egg says, I'd sooner you didn't die. And Dunk replies, it's too hot to die. <laughs> oh. Lucas Longinch is well armored, as is his horse. He carries no shield. His weapon is a deadly looking pole axe. Dunks with his shield painted with ten sails, um, uh, tree meets the man in the stream and they fight. They strike at each other, neither gaining on the other until Dunk sees a weak spot under Longinch's arm. Dunk takes aim, but overextends and the axe comes down on his shield, then grazes off his helmet and also bites into his horse's neck. The horse rears up, tossing Dunk a bit, and the hooves of the horse smash into Longinch's face and shoulder. The horses tangle up in each other. Dunk's foot gets caught in his own stirrup, and he goes down into the water. He loses his sword in the fall, but still has his shield. When he um, when he emerges from the water, the horse horses have righted themselves, and Dunk thinks Lucas Longinch is gone. But the man emerges, smashing Dunk in the neck with his sword. Luckily, he's protected by the gorget. Dunk's shield only holds so long. Dunk takes another mighty blow to the face, and in the distance he hears Egg screaming, Get him! Get him! Get him! He's right there! Dunk tackles <laughs> Longinch. They both go down into the water. Dunk finds his dagger, and while being hammered with a rock, finds the weak spot in Longinch's armor and sinks it into his side. Dunk shoves away and floats, passing out. So does this mean rope? Rohan was guilty <laughs> in the eyes of the gods. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't yeah. it? <laughs> yeah, it's supposed to. That's wild that they fought in the water. I mean, it's cool. It makes for a cool fight. But I kept thinking, who, like, did no one think maybe we shouldn't fight? <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> like they're armor in on. armor, yeah. <laughs> Even the horse is armored. Yeah. So I have, you know, at the very end of this bit when... You know, he sees, like, the silver floating by. Like, what is that supposed to be? The fish? Oh, yeah. Egg. yeah. Didn't they say it was Egg at the, that he came in? They said that um, Egg did something. Like, pulled him up, or I don't know how he could. Oh, he's so, so he's big. Seeing, but maybe it was yeah, his arms was or something. Egg's bald head. Okay. In <laughs> <laughs> the water. That's what I, I don't know. That's how I read it. Okay. <laughs> I read it as arms or something. Like, it because he said it looked like fish. But yeah. And arms trying yeah, to reach yeah. for him as he was going under. And I think someone tells him that. It's either the, the maester um, or Septon, uh, Septon who told him that, I think. Mm-hmm. So this is going to sound kind of tinfoily, but the there is a moment where Egg is cheering him on and he says, get him, sir, get him. He's right there. I'm pretty sure he says that in every single story. 
Oh, no, he does. It's his favorite thing to yell during any sort of fight. <laughs> he's like, he's right there. And it's like, yeah. well, of course he's right there, Egg. You're not helping. This reminds me of, like, sitting at basketball games as a yeah. kid and just hearing the stupid things that parents would yell at their kids <laughs> on the basketball floor. Just like, that is not yeah, helping. I'm just wondering if it's something that George puts in to be funny, like something like that. Like, he's like, this is oh, what yeah. people yell at football games. Or is it this, like, weird foreshadowing to what happens at Summer Hall? Or maybe, like, something that happens between Brienne and Jamie. Like, it's is Jamie's right to there, Jamie? He's probably <laughs> making fun right of something. Get her, get her. <laughs> She's right there. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking idiot. <laughs> he doesn't know where know. to put it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it's just something I thought was funny and wanted to see. If I mean, I think part of yeah, no. I feel like it's a little bit of it is him like trying to make sure that we know or that we remember that Egg's a little kid. Oh yeah. Okay. I mean, I don't know. I mean, that's what I think. Any, or at least I think that's part of it because I think it's, it's, you know, with Egg's kind of the one that has a lot of this information and a lot of this insight that none of the other characters do. And so I think he has to try to do things to remind you that, yeah, he's like a 10 year old kid and he's so good at writing little kids too, that mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I like it. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, honestly, even if he's just making fun of his uh, friends, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. just a funny thing to put in. I bet Can you is. imagine, like, knows somebody who does this, or, like sitting next to George and like in like the high school gym watching like the JV basketball game. <laughs> <laughs> so Dunk awakens in cold mode inside Master Sarek's uh, tower. The maester tells him he's broken an ankle, sprained his knee, broken collarbone, bruised his whole torso, and injured his right arm. Oh, and he also drowned. <laughs> I thought this was kind of cool. Sarek, being ironborn, oh, yeah. knew how to bring him back. That was cool. Right? I was like, wow, that's pretty interesting. Yeah. And it's Still. interesting that an ironborn became a maester, you know. Yeah, that too. That's what I found most interesting, yeah. Mm-hmm. I was like, what? I want to hear this dude's story, right? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> don't, don't give him any more ideas. Oh, no, sorry. Don't tell George you want to hear any more stories. <laughs> I never want to hear this guy's story. <laughs> I really want to know what his hair color is and his eye color. <laughs> <laughs> well, is- it would explain why he's so hard, too, because like earlier in the story, he's the one who was like, you know, it's preposterous. She can't take down that dam. And it was his idea, you know, like this is her advisor that she's I mean, listening to. I totally to. believe that it's a, that an ironborn would come up with that idea. That's like uh-huh. so ironborn. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Basically, fuck everybody else. Yep. So Sarah confirms Longinch is dead. He also tells Dunk that Egg pulled him from the water and sat by his side and tasted all his food. Um, so before Dunk passes out, he also learns that Rohan and Eustace have reconciled. And they have also married. Both their banners now fly over the castle. He passes out to the sound of ravens and rain. And this is where I thought of Blood Raven. <laughs> Anytime there's ravens. Oh, that is interesting. A raven but he's in the, master's, in the master's quarters, though, yeah. right? So that's why the ravens are there. I know, but still. I know. No, I thought the same thing, too. Oh, he's there. So time passes, and uh, Dunk is now limping with a cr- um, crutch, aiming to leave cold moat. Much to Septon Septon's objections, we learn that Bennis has ransacked Standfast before running off, taking everything of value. <sighs> but it's horrible. Such a dick. <laughs> <laughs> Dunk hopes that one day they will he will meet that man again. 
Um, the Septon asks where he will go. He says, I don't know, Fair Isle, Harrenhal, the Trident, hedges are everywhere. I've always wanted to see the wall. And in the stables, Lady Weber is waiting for Dunk. Dunk seems bitter that she never visited him when he was healing, and Egg is the one who tipped her off to his leaving. Dunk thinks he needs to clout the boy on the ear. <laughs> Rohan asks Dunk and Egg if they will stay. It would plead Lord Eustace, please you Lord Eustace too. Dunk makes a comment that he could have married Eustace's daughter. Then she'd be his lady mother. He's never had a mother, let alone a lady mother. <laughs> Rohan That's looks so like funny. she wants to smack <laughs> him again. <laughs> <laughs> she tells him instead that she wants to make amends. And after a bit of sexual innuendo, Rohan shows Dunk a mighty looking horse. I bred her for beauty and for speed. He turned back to Thunder. I cannot take her. Why not? She's too good a horse for me. Just look at her. A flush crept up Rohan's face. She clutched her braid, twisting it between her fingers. I had to marry, you know that. My father's will. Oh, don't be such a fool. What else could I be? I'm thick as a castle wall and bastard-born as well. Take the horse. I refuse to let you go without something to remember me by. I will remember you, my lady, but no, have no fear of that. Take her. Dunk grabbed her braid and pulled her face to his. It was awkward with the crutch and the difference in their heights. He almost fell before he got his lips on hers. He kissed her hard. One of her hands went around his neck and one around, around his chest. He, he learned more about kissing in a moment than he had ever known from watching. But when they finally broke apart, he drew his dagger. I know what I want to remember you by, my lady. Egg was waiting for him at the gatehouse, mounted on a handsome new sorrel palfrey and holding Maester's lead. When Dunk trotted up to them on thunder, the boy looked surprised. She said she wanted to give you a new horse, sir. Even highborn ladies don't get all they want, Dunk said as he rode out across the drawbridge. It wasn't a horse I wanted. The moat was so high it was threatening to overflow its banks. I took something else to remember her by instead. A lock of that red hair. He reached under his cloak, brought out the braid, and smiled. <laughs> Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> so if Dunk can do it when he's gravely injured, I think Brienne can do it when she's on. <laughs> this is what I pulled from this. <laughs> Take a lock of Jamie's hair. <laughs> what about the horse? I was like, I how Jamie feels when, when Rohan gave him a bay mare? I was like, oh, my God. Jamie gave uh, Brienne a bay bear. Mm-hmm. Like, seriously, they have the same moves, even. Like, they're. It's not. Turned on by the. They, <sighs> maybe it's a good thing that her brothers got. Her brothers died, is all I'm going to say. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> but there's, there's so, so many shades of Jamie and Brienne's parting in Storm of Swords in this, too. I mean, like, there's so much of that weird anger. That's like, okay, we're not talking about where the anger that you're voicing right now is coming from, but it's pretty obvious where it's mm-hmm. coming from. And it's like, oh God. I mean, oh. I don't, sh- I don't ship this, but I mean, like, the Jamie. Why don't you ship it? Because I don't like Rohan that much. What's <laughs> wrong with you? That's a good reason this not is... to ship something. <laughs> yeah. I don't no. care. You ship it. <laughs> I don't care if you don't like it. <laughs> Well, I mean, you have to say, though, at least he didn't make it. I mean, it was actually pretty, the kiss seemed pretty hot for George Martin. This was you know, musty. It wasn't, like, awkward or something mm. weird didn't happen. And, you know, it was pretty, like, a nice I, I found it so hot, like, the hair grabbing. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, 
<laughs> I was proud of him. I was like, oh, yay. Maybe he could actually it's write like, a good, uh, <laughs> well, after fixating on that braid for so long, he finally got to grab it. <laughs> oh, and how about her? I think you must be large all over. That was fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> subtle, subtle, Rohan. <laughs> Yeah, I was quite proud of Dunk. Who knew he had it in him? <laughs> so, <Really brilliant>. <laughs> <laughs> so when he leaves, the corpses in the iron cage at the crossroads are still there. And Dunk stops to ask Egg which way they shall go, north or south. Dunk says the north is a long way to ride. And Egg responds, I have a new horse. So you do. And why would you want to see the wall? Well, said Egg, I hear it's tall. <laughs> and that's how it ends. Aw. I like the ending. Just, I like, like, the, you know, I mean, because it kind of gives Egg the chance to go home. And, you know, it's like, nope, I'm good. You know, this is where I want to be, which is sweet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <sighs> I, I don't know. I'm just... I'm really digging these. I'm glad that we are delving yeah. into them. I mean, so, they're so great. <laughs> um, are you all in for a Dunkin' Egg adaptation by someone? <sighs> no, I mean, yes and sure. no. If it's if it's going to take any of George's attention, then absolutely not. Do you be a TV show? Yeah. No. Or I mean, or movies. You know. I'm worried if HBO does it because I, I mean, okay. <sighs> It just has a different feel from A Song of Ice and Fire, a different enough that I'd be concerned mm-hmm. that they'd turn it to, they, I mean, there's no boobies and, you know, all that stuff that they could stretch out. And I mean, I, I'd worry if they did it. <laughs> well, Dunk's Dreams has boobies, but, yeah. well, but I mean, like, <laughs> yeah. prostitute, prostitute boobies. I'm sure they'd add a lot of, like, whorehouse. Yeah. Well, Dunk's mother, yeah. so. <laughs> I mean, I actually don't think it's right for HBO, and I sort of feel like HBO yeah. would probably, I mean, I kind of feel like HBO would maybe know that it's not right for them, and I mean, I think, like, you know, they can produce it, they can do whatever, but I don't think it's, it'd be really weird to see it I could on see HBO. It as a, yeah, that's exactly, that's sort of, you said it better than I did. No, I said it I could see it as a Netflix oh, miniseries. How about that? Yeah, or even just, you know, just produced by HBO, sure, fine, oh, but yeah. I just, yeah, I can't see it like, you know. They have a style. Yeah, and it's just not the same style. Yeah, yeah that's that's exactly, yeah, I would just be worried about how it would turn out if they did it. But more than anything, I'm just, like, fucking worried about George's attention oh. being put on anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I look <laughs> anything but Song of Ice Fire. I, mean, I was going over his bibliography of the wiki, and I didn't realize how tightly together, like, the Duncan Eggs book, you know, they came out in 98, and then they had, a, what, A Storm of Swords 2000, then 2003 for the um the Sworn Sword. I didn't realize that, you know? So it's interesting. Why do you... Because anybody read any interviews, why did he write these books? Like, it's so weird to me. They're so hyper-focused on these parallels between Jamie and Brienne, which, I mean, there's no denying it's there. I mean, obviously, we're going to find it, but it's so... To me, it's so blatant mm-hmm. reading it now. To me, it almost Why? reads like he. he said? Why? Like <laughs> to me, it almost reads like he he fit Jamie and Brienne's story to he pulled from these stories to make them you know have parallels. 
Yeah, it's like weaving it in. So I mean, uh, so funny. Like, uh, yeah, I got into a huge fight with somebody on Reddit like not too long ago about <laughs> about chicken and egging with this, where someone was like, he's like, was just I'm saying he because you tend to with Reddit users, yeah. but <laughs> this asshole was saying all this <laughs> bullshit. <laughs> how um, George only wrote Brienne into the main series in order to advertise the Duncan egg no. novels. Uh, I was like, no, first no. of all, you don't understand how unpopular. <laughs> Like the the novellas were originally published in anthologies, and it's like sure they sell, but it's not like George was making any money from these novellas. I'm sure it was next to nothing, and it's like no, that is absolutely not what it is. And it's like Chicken and Egg. If you look at it, I think he published um, the first Duncan Egg tale before he pl- published Clash. But yeah, yeah. about the writing process. He would have had Clash well written probably before oh, the Duncan yeah. Egg tale was yeah. done. So I think ninety eight, right? First. Yeah. Sorry. It looked like they were both yeah. in 98, right? So yeah. Both 98. And, but I think if you think about how long it would take him to write Clash, I'm sure he had written Brienne. She existed first. I have oh, almost yeah. no doubt. Yeah. And I mean, you know, he he's admitted to being a gardener and I could see where he's, you know, he has this kind of light, airy tale and Duncan. I mean, you know, Duncan, Egg, the Duncan Egg book so far, I mean, they sort of just, skim the top of some of these things they don't really dive in that deep and they don't dive into like you know the psyche of someone like dunk that much i mean like we don't know him to the depth that we know brianne yeah you know and i just it could be that you know in writing dunk he wanted to explore a character like dunk but in you know greater depth and in like more dire circumstances yay lucky us yeah well, I mean, you know, it's... I'm glad he did, yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's just a depth of character with Brienne and, and with, you know, Jamie as well that we don't get from any of the characters in, in these novels. And not to take anything away from them, because I think we all really enjoy them, but it's just not comparable. No. Yeah. Well, it's different. I think they're they're two very different things. I'm... I mean, the stakes are vastly different, so it's, it's right. difficult to compare... There's not the torture with Dunk like there is with Bran, which is, I find these way, a much um, easier emotionally to read and go through. <laughs> yeah. Well, I imagine they're easier emotionally for George to write. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. I mean, if he had, you know, he, he's talked about how hard of a time he had writing The Red Wedding, and it's like, can you imagine him writing Bran's last chapter in Feast oh, and what that, true. I mean, that had to just be... Or, you know, practically probably her last, like, three chapters in mm-hmm. Feast. Yeah, he's my, my nice breather. I mean, yeah. I'm picturing him, like, sobbing while doing it. Ellie laughs. I laugh because I just imagine, like, the people in his life just, like, knocking on his door and being like, you are right? And him being like, well, I'm okay. You want yeah. takeout? Should I get takeout? <laughs> <laughs> You need anything? Snack? No? Condoms? Okay. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I went mean girl's mom. <laughs> All right. I think that'll bring us to the end of uh, chapter discussion. How about some mail? Do we have mail? Yeah, we have a little bit of mail. Um, we have an uh, email from Heidi Moe, and I have to share the subject line because I thought it was a, a good one. Flirting near-death experiences for Dunk and a creepy parting gift. Um, that's how you write a subject line, email marketers. Um, thanks for another great podcast on the Sworn Sword last week, ladies. 
I left an iTunes review today, but when I went to see it, I couldn't find it. Um, I'm hoping it'll just take a day or two to appear. Uh, I won't think the worst that D&D are controlling all the reviews and deleted mine because they ship Larry and Carol. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm with that. I buy that. I was bummed that Dunk put his life on the line for Sir Eustace in a stupid honor and had to almost die fighting against Sir Lucas. Then he wakes up to find that feisty, freckly Rohan has married Sir Eustace. I guess it was sweet to see Rohan and Eustace reconcile over their loss, their love and loss of Adam, but I was still bummed for Dunk. No wonder he refused her gift of a horse and whacked off her braid to keep as a creepy token. <laughs> I have to wonder, where does he keep said braid? In future novellas, does Dunk turn the red braid into bad hair extensions? <laughs> or edit the Thunder's mane to give him some Adam pizzazz during their fun jaunts around Westeros? I'm just curious. I thought it was kind of hot it- that he took the braid. Am I alone? <laughs> It sounds really long. Like, what does he do with it? He like, has it's it a belt. roll at night. And, <laughs> I oh. like to think that he uses it as a belt. <laughs> hey, hey. Okay. Well, I think it's kind of a reference to uh, Gimli and Galadriel um, with the, like, strands of Galadriel's hair. I always wondered what Gimli did with those, too. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who those people are. <laughs> I think Lord it's of Lord of the Rings. Yeah, Lord of the Rings. No. Okay. He had a no, tap. I knew Gimli. He put it under his bed. Everybody <laughs> does. I don't know any other things about any other fantasy stories. <laughs> Just for the record. Ooh, there's an idea. Maybe it gets eventually woven into a tapestry and it's somewhere on Tarth right now. Disgusting. Brienne's like, oh, I found the shield and this. <laughs> She's like rooting through the cellar, through the armory. Gross. Like, tosses it. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. Continue, Kyle. What the hell, Grandpa? He wove some underwear out of it. I'm sorry. <laughs> Actually, the rope that Brienne is hanging by. Oh, in okay, that's oh, get out. You're God. done. <laughs> I took it too far. I'm yeah, sorry. You're benched. Um, we got a message on Tumblr from the Golden Kitten King. Oh, uh, I know. <laughs> I know. Um, hello. First, I'd like to say how much I love this podcast, especially the RPG episodes. Aww. I've I laughed over those. Honestly, <laughs> listening to the latest app is the highlight of my week. I have a question. Who do you think is the most likely candidate to end up on the Iron Throne in the end of it all? I'm personally partial to Sansa, but everyone usually has her as the Queen of the North. Thank you so much. You're all the absolute best. Aw. Oh, King King. This is a hard so question. You guys, who, who is it? Who's on the Iron Throne? Lightning round. Go. Clotho. I, I always say nobody. I don't think there's going to be one. I think it's going to be destroyed. So, I'm sorry. I cop out. <laughs> <laughs> Ellie. <laughs> oh, I actually agree. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I, I've always been like, no, it's going to go back to the Seven Kingdoms. And no, there are no more Iron Throne. If it had to be somebody, I'd say John. Okay, so I have to pick somebody. I'll say John. <laughs> How about you, Guile? I'd say no one. God, you guys are no fun. You gotta <laughs> pick somebody. Okay, if you had to pick someone and there if was an Iron Throne. One John. Yeah. Okay. And Clotho, you said John, too. John, yeah. Ellie? If I have to pick somebody, I'm thinking Sansa. 
Okay, is this who we think it will be or who we wish it would be? Think it will be. Think. Oh, that's another whole issue. Yeah. Think it will be? I mean, like, it's gonna fucking probably be Danny, that asshole, but I mean, like, <laughs> wish. Obviously, I don't wish that. I really just have this idea of Sansa as, like, the final girl in the horror movie, and she's just gonna be the last one standing. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's never gonna be Sansa. Give me some damn lemon king. Yeah, Lady Lemonheart. That's the lamp of the. There we go. I don't know, you guys, after these advertisements for Baelish, um, Baelish Stark 2016, like, I'm kind of leaning towards Littlefinger. <laughs> Those are crazy. See, <laughs> got some point. is eventually going to kill him, so. <laughs> well, dying hasn't stopped. John did it. He'll get there, but he'll, oh yeah, he'll be so dead so fast. Like, who's going to, who's going to support Littlefinger? Long game. Yeah. Only Littlefinger. <laughs> the only one left. So we also got a five-star review on iTunes. Ooh, Ooh. Nice. Says, in all caps, get out. <laughs> <laughs> and they say, an excellent, from Gee Buttersnaps, 78. <laughs> an excellent podcast, and I highly recommend it, with anywhere from four to six ladies plus guests and men <laughs> each week. Sorry, guys. You get a variety of opinions, accents, and theories. They are the captains of the Jamie Brienne ship, and I have appreciated the book chapter reviews as well as the HBO episode reviews. Over the last few seasons, I found it necessary to emphasize the distinction between the TV show and the books, and these ladies support this wholeheartedly. Lots of laughter in each episode, which keeps me listening each week. And lots of horse and sword metaphors, which keep me laughing along with them. (laughs) I wish I had a lumpia recipe to add here, but alas, I do not. Damn it. (laughs) One day. I love it. One day. Uh, Listen to this podcast. You won't regret it. P.S. I hear Aiden Gillen is great in The Wire. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. It's like old school episodes. I know. This is a real thing. I love this one. I love it. Flashback (laughs) review right there. Nice it would be funny as maybe they got so far and like, oh, I don't think I like this podcast anymore, but they already just, they left that <laughs> review already. <laughs> like episode 70, they're like, oh God, I'm so sick of these people. I love when people love our style. I love it. <laughs> I never got to answer who I thought was going to sit on the Iron Throne either. Oh, you did? Yeah, yeah, do that. I'm going to say Brienne for sh- <laughs> <laughs> Okay, if Sansa's unlikely, then I mean, come on. <laughs> I don't care. I would say Brienne. I could pick who I want. I mean, she- honestly, Brienne in the TV show, Brienne is, you know, Dan- is somewhat likely to be Danny's legitimate heir. Thank you, Kyle. What? Okay, moving on. Next. Next message. <laughs> Sorry. Damn it. Leave the mystery. <laughs> well, I mean, we could go into it, but we don't have to, but it's true. <laughs> I think you have to. Kyle, Kyle, they've never even mentioned the Targaryen thing on the show. I know, but, you know, they also had done whatever. They still have time. (laughs) They still have time. God. They also haven't mentioned, like, Lancel and... (laughs) Where the hell's Gendry, damn it? (laughs) (laughs) At least she's supporting your theory. Uh, That's good. See, it supports Brienne. (laughs) All right. If you believe Brienne should be on the Iron Throne, you can reach us at 
close the door and at gmail.com you can also reach us at close the door and come here.tumblr.com follow us at door podcast on twitter support us on patreon please uh like subscribe review to us on itunes google play youtube or whatever platform you enjoy this podcast on um thank you panel i had a lot of giggles <laughs> hey lot can i give a plug for our next episode yeah absolutely um our next episode is going to be our first uh, Game of Thrones Season 7 update episode, and we're oh going to be God. live on Mixler. Already? So that will be at 9 p.m. Eastern Time on Labor Day evening, so Monday, September 5th. Excitement. Oh. Anything can happen. And Yeah, we'll <laughs> send us questions, um, any kind of crazy speculation for Season 7, like maybe Jamie will find out something. Maybe um, Brienne will be on the Iron Throne. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Uh <laughs> And we will be posting a link so you can listen to that live. It's yeah. wow! So it's live. <laughs> it's live, and they've got good stuff to talk about too. I was yeah, gonna Goto s- and Gimmo are gonna be on there. Gimmo, yeah. Yep. We we have our same uh, most of our same crew from last year. We'll have Jinmo and Gato. <laughs> I was gonna say, us. what did Gimmo ever do to you, Clotho? <laughs> <laughs> Both their names wrong. I said, oh. <laughs> Sorry, you guys. Oh my god. That's terrible. I can't blame it on an accent either. We'll speculate wildly in ways that's not going to turn out well. <laughs> and then, well, the highlight is we can make fun of each other for it after the fact. Yeah. <laughs> Which is half the fun. Can and do. <laughs> Thank you so much for podcasting with us tonight. Elias was a blast. Yeah, Thank you. you. I had a lot of fun. I hope you come. I'm going to pull a lot and say, I hope you come back. <clears throat> I'd love to. You. Great. Yay. She said yes. Write her down. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Closing the door. Get out.